It's Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And hey, Chet, you could jump back on the bandwagon this week as the Eagles went out to Denver and rolled the Broncos. The Sixers, they're struggling. They've lost five in a row now with... Uh, Still at about 20% capacity. The Flyers winning some big games, uh, but certainly struggling to score goals. Uh, plenty to talk about as usual, and we will cover it all. Bill, I noticed you didn't mention Gabe Kapler winning manager of the year in your uh, opening remarks there. Come on. Oh, he's not in Philly anymore, so never mind. <laughs> uh, hey, when we get to uh, talking about the Eagles, we may have to use the P word, Bill. I'm talking playoffs, you know? Uh, yeah, I think I think you jumped on the bandwagon with that. <laughs> there's 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 certainly a way to go ways to go there, but you hey. said bandwagon, okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it, and uh, they certainly played well, and uh, we'll we'll get into all that. Yes, we for will. sure. Uh, and we have a great guest tonight because we're going to talk Flyers hockey with Inquire.com Flyers beat writer Sam Corcini joining us. That's always good, and the Flyers are playing some good hockey. I'll tell you, time flies. We haven't had Sam on with us since June of last year, and a lot has certainly happened with the Flyers over these 17 months, good and bad. So let's get it going with Sam. All right. With that, let's welcome Sam Carcini back to Philly Press Box Radio. Sam, welcome. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Hey, Sam. Great to have you back on with hey, us. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a good bit about the current Flyers in just a minute, but uh, since it's you know fresh in our minds, the Flyers last night inducted a couple of guys into the team's Hall of Fame. I was pulling for our pal Lou Nolan to get in, but you know, I guess he's got to wait another year or two. They did, though, honor a couple of pretty good longtime Flyers this year, Paul Holmgren and Rick Tockett. You saw their whole careers, and you wrote a terrific piece about them as well in the Inquirer. Good choices? What do you think? Yeah, terrific choices. Uh, I actually am one of the voters, and, and truth be told, I did vote for Lou Nolan uh, I voted for Holmgren and Nolan, but Rick Tockett is a great choice. And, and uh, you know, there are players like S Simone Gagne jumps to mind that are not in there that deserve to be in there and will be at some point. But, uh, you know, Tockett had a tremendous career. I, I just thought Lou Nolan has been there since the beginning, since 1967. He's a true flyer. But these guys are true flyers as well. So uh, I'm not going to argue with the choices and, and – uh, to me, they're very similar type players. Or yeah, uh, they play with a gritty style, and and uh, you know, yes, Tockett scored over 400 goals, but you know, he also led led the Flyers in penalty minutes almost every year, and and uh, and Homer Holmgren did too, uh, as far as the penalty minutes and chipped in with 20 goal seasons, even had a 30 goal season. So, um, you know, they were much much more than physical players, and uh, the Flyers would love to have a player. You know, like either of them on this year's team, no question. Sure. Yeah. yeah I, I'm a huge Rick Tockett fan as well, and I, I'm glad that he made it. Uh, I, I have to ask you, Sam, why did it take five years? What What was the reason that they didn't induct anybody over that period of time? All these guys were were certainly available back then as well. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, you know they try to spread it out, and and uh, you don't want to have too many guys in there. You know, you, they could, you know, you you run out of people quite frankly, if, if, if you, you know, have two or three guys going in 
every year and it kind of dilutes it, I think. So I think that's why I think they would have probably had it last year, but uh, with the pandemic, it, it spread out, uh, stretched out to, to five years. But uh, uh, to me, Holmgren is, you know, is Mr. Flyer and, and he should have been in a while ago. And I, I think they waited with him and, and I think he kind of put it on pause because he was connected to the team. He was the club president for a while. And I think he thought it looked, you know, kind of uh, unfair if he went in when he was still the club president. Now he's an advisor and uh, he's connected to the team, but not real closely connected, if you know what I mean. So it's a little bit different. I think he felt more comfortable now if he did get elected and he did. Uh, I don't know the official vote, but I'm, I'm sure he was a, a landslide winner and, and rightfully so. I don't think anybody on any NHL team has worn as many hats as Paul yeah, Holmgren yeah. has. I mean, from, you know, player to assistant coach, to coach, to general manager, assistant general manager, club president. And I'm probably forgetting one in there somewhere because he did everything except sell popcorn. He was, you know, <laughs> he was an ambassador for the Flyers and he truly loves the Flyers and has a deep connection with uh, with Ed Snyder, the late great Ed Snyder. And, and that came out in his speech yesterday. And uh, it also came out with Rick Tockett. I mean, this uh, these guys were treated like family. And uh, that all started with Ed Snyder. And uh, uh, it was just great to see a lot of these guys came back, of course, for the alumni game on Monday. And, and these guys have a, a reverence for both Snyder and the organization. And, uh, you know, hopefully the players that are there now will also have that. Dave Scott, who is now the chairman, uh, he talked about how he is trying to keep, you know, that family atmosphere. And uh, you know, I think Ed Snyder, kind of ran it like a mom and pop store, if you will. And uh, which is tough to do in, in, in this day and age of the big business and, and Comcast. And and uh, to Dave Scott's credit, he's trying to maintain that. It's not as easy uh, today uh, to do that. And like I said, to his credit, he's trying to keep that uh, hands-on approach, but not too much hands-on, but, you know, just to be involved with the players. I mean, uh, Chet, you were probably down there many times after a game where Ed Snyder would, would go in the home locker room after every game and, and shake hands with the players and just try to find out things about the players. You know, you know, how's the family doing that kind of, he really had the connection, which I'm not so sure you see in a lot of organizations today. Well, congrats to both Tuckett and Homer, and let's get uh, Lou Nolan in next year, hopefully. Hey, as we speak, Sam, the Flyers are 8-4-2 and two off to a real good start this year. Your take on their performance so far? Yeah, eight, four, and two, and the power play has been uh, pretty bad. So, and yep. and they've missed you know two key players for most of that time, as you know. Uh, Kevin Hayes came back the other day, had a little bit of a scare last night where he got tangled up with a player and and went down on the ice and went to the locker room for repairs and and he said that uh, you know he he was thinking the worst right away, but he came back in the third period, scored a big goal in the second period. So you know they've missed him for most of the year. And the same with Ryan Ellis, who was out again. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're being real cagey about when Ryan Ellis will return. They're just saying it's week to week. But I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out until after the Olympic break in late February. Because, wow. Uh, you know, and again, I have no documentation on this, but I would not be surprised. And uh, you just wonder if he's going to need surgery. Um, the conjecture is it's a groin issue, but again, the Flyers are just called a lower body injury. You know, will he need surgery? Again, no one knows at this point. 
But, uh, you know, I, I think the guy who really deserves a lot of credit is Justin Braun. He played on the top pairing a lot last year. And uh, that top pairing with uh, Ivan Provo was not uh, – they were okay. They weren't dominating. They've been very good so far this year. And Braun deserves a lot of credit. He's really a third-pairing defenseman, but he stepped in and he's blocking shots and, and knocking away passes and, and just bring a, being a consummate pro. And he deserves a lot of credit. And I think the other plus on the defense has been Rasmus Ristolainen, who's given them a physical presence, with a, which they really did not have on that back end last year. And uh, so the defense has done its job. I mean, they're, they're, last I looked, they were in the top five in the league for giving up goals. But as you mentioned in the opening, they're having a hard time scoring goals. It's like eight or nine straight games or two games or less. But I think what you saw yesterday, a 2-1 win over Calgary, is what you're going to see from this team unless the power play starts clicking. They're going to have to grind out and win games 2-1, you know, maybe 3-2, 1-0. And, um, and the goaltending has been tremendous. I mean, Carter Hart has been uh, everything they could have hoped for. He's had the bounce-back season that I think a lot of us thought he would have. He, he's He's done it on too many levels, including the NHL, uh, to have last year define his career. And, and uh, you know, he's he's played great. That's the main reason they're 8-4-2 and two right now. Yeah, that and that's what I was going to say to you. Carter Hart, 2.19. Martin Jones also has been good in his limited duty, yep. 2.27 for a combined 2.21. Uh, I, I said to Chet the other night after the game, you know your goaltender played really good when you lost three to nothing and he's the number one star. Uh, yeah. Carter Hart, I think, I haven't seen every period of the season, but I, I would say he's had one bad period this season where they gave up four goals there, I believe, in the second or third game in the second period. Other than that, he's been rock solid. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Bill. He's been uh, uh, more aggressive this year and, and just seems more confident. He's standing up taller. He made himself too small, I thought, last year, and and uh, he got beat on the high to the glove side a lot last year. We haven't seen that so far this year. I mean, it's a small sample size, 14 games, but uh, his confidence is building and uh, – you know, it's reassuring to his teammates too. They know even if they have an off night, Carter's going to keep him in the game. And they're, you know, it's back, back to the old days with Bernie Perron. You know, maybe the team wasn't clicking that night, and and he would steal a one nothing win or a two one win, and and you feel like that's been happening. He he has stolen uh, a couple games this year, and then you mentioned Martin Jones. He has too. So uh, the big key, and I talked to Bob Clark about this uh, the other night. He says you have to win in this league. Obviously, you need the great goaltending, but you need to have your power play working. And that's a bit of a concern right now. In practice today, A.V., uh, Elaine Vino switched up the power play a little bit. And he's got Provo back on the uh, top pairing. He's got Broussard now on the top uh, uh, power play, I should say. And uh, Yandel's back on the second power play unit. So uh, they're trying to mix things up a little bit. Uh, I think they're in like a a three for 34 funk on the power play. They're, they're a little over 8% in the last 10 games. And it's difficult to win when your power play has been that bad to their credit. The power, the penalty kill has been much improved this year. So, uh, you know, that kind of balances things out a little bit, but if you want to be a legitimate Stanley cup contender, you have to be really good. You don't have to be great. We have to be good in both uh, special teams, PK and power play. And, and uh, they have a lot of work to do. That's for sure. 
You talked about Ryan Ellis. Kevin Hayes also missed a lot of time with an injury, came back on Saturday, of course, scored that memorable goal last night dedicated to his brother, who we lost a couple of months back. Um, then he got hurt again. Now, is Hayes okay? I know he did come back in the third period, but is he okay, or is that something that you're going to have to keep an eye on? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when it, when a guy has uh, surgery twice, he's abdominal surgery twice, you know, within the last year, it, it is a concern. Uh, but he's okay. I mean, I was at practice today. He was skating and, and looked normal. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to take him a while. You know, he had not played for six months in a, in a game. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to take him a while to get his timing back. Um, you know, I was a little surprised they put him right in at the second line center. I thought they would maybe ease him in, maybe have him on the third line. But, you know, they put him right in there on the Boston line, uh, if you will. He went to Boston College. Cam Atkinson went to Boston College with him, and Joel Farabee went to BU. So they're all on the, on that line. They have some chemistry, and uh, you know, so far so good. But like I said, his timing is a little bit off, and it's just going to get better and better. So, uh, uh, and I think he'll eventually help this power play get on track. But uh, uh, yeah, right now you can't complain. Eight, four, and two, missing those two guys, and. Um, you know, they played a lot of road games. They played seven of nine on the road and until they came back the other day. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the schedule will get uh, a little bit more friendly with home games, but they have back-to-back -back tough tests next week when they play Tampa Bay and Florida in back-to-back -back games, maybe the two best teams in the NHL. And uh, tomorrow, Thursday, they have Tampa Bay at home. That'll be a tough test, too. And we talked to some of the players today and, and – uh, Rasmus Ristolainen and said, hey, this is a measuring stick for us to see how far we've come. So I'm anxious to see how they do against uh, the Lightning, who have uh, gotten off to a good start as well. Yeah, Sam, and I think uh, I look at it, you know, I, I'm happy 8-4-2 also, but there's a couple guys I wanted to ask you about that to me are off to a little bit of slow starts, and that's Joel Farabee, JVR, Scott Lawton with just four points, and Oscar Lindblom with just one point at in the first 14 games. Uh Reason to be concerned about that or just getting out of the block slow? Yeah, I think there's reason to be concerned about Lindblom out of that group because, uh, uh, you know, the first five, six games he was playing well and and playing physical. And and we all know about, you know, his his battle and him beating cancer. And, uh, and you kind of thought after an offseason where he had a full offseason to recuperate, regain his strength, put on some weight, that he would be back to his old self. Uh, as you remember, before he was diagnosed with cancer, he had 11 goals in like 30 games, was tied for the team lead in goals. And, uh, you know, no one expected him to come back at that rate last year after a real short offseason. But this year, I think they're were, they were hoping that, you know, he came in and was like a 20, 25 goal scorer. He has not scored a goal yet. So that's a bit of a concern. And I think once he scores, his confidence level will go up. He, there, there's no denying he works as hard or harder than almost anybody on the team. The effort is there, and he says he feels fine. And uh, they gave him a reset last night. He did not play. And then Patrick Brown was injured in the game, and he's going to be out probably he, – he probably will miss at least a few weeks. Uh, they don't know the specifics yet. He has a thumb injury, and they're just saying he's out week to week. So Lindblom will go back into the lineup Thursday against Tampa Bay. And uh, but you're right. Out of all those players, they need to get him, uh, you know, because he looked like a guy who was going to be a 25 goal scorer at least, but uh, before the unfortunate cancer di diagnosis. And and he's got the tools. 
Uh, I think he's a little short on confidence right now. But I, like I said, I think once they start going in for him, uh, he's going to give that team a lift, especially on the power play. Some of the other guys have scored. They've been a little inconsistent. Farabee's been inconsistent. JBR been inconsistent. TK, uh, Konechny, Travis Konechny has been a little inconsistent. But, you know, they, they've been they've been good in some games. So I don't think, you know, that's that's a major concern. Uh, but they, they really have to get uh, Lindblom going. I think, uh, you know, the injury to Ellis and Lindblom right now are, are probably the two things that concern them the most. The, the pluses have probably been Braun and Ristolainen and, and the resurgence, resurgence of Carter Hart. And the veterans have played well. I think Giroux has done very well. Couture looks like his old self. And, and uh, even a guy like Broussard has chipped in. Cam Atkinson has been inconsistent as well. You look at him and you say, hey, he's got seven goals. He leads the team. You know, why are you complaining about him? Well, he went eight goals, eight games without a goal. He finally scored last night. It was opportune time. Of course, he scored the game winner. But they they have to get more out of Atkinson, more consistency out of him. He scored six goals in the first five games and went eight games without a goal. And um, as a result, they've been, uh, you know, huffing and puffing to score goals, and uh, luckily the defense is carrying them, though, so far. Going to be a fun season for sure. And, Sam, we're almost out of time, but you wrote a lot about, you know, the alumni being in town over the last couple of days. And uh, what was the Reggie Leach quote that you had in there, something about, you know, his era versus today's players? What, the, what did Reggie say? Yeah, I thought that was a great quote. He said that some of the guys today, you know, tell some of the players today tell him that you could never have played in this era, you know, because of the fast-paced game. <laughs> And he said, well, that's okay. You couldn't have played in our ear because the players hit in our <laughs> ear. Uh, nobody that. gets hit today. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I, that, yeah, that was a great line. And uh, it's funny because we talked to Rasmus uh, Ristolainen tonight. I meant to ask him about that because <laughs> nobody hits more than him. He had, I think he had nine hits last night. But uh, um, but what Reggie said, I think there's some truth to that. There, yeah. There's yeah. definitely not as much hitting. You guys know. You, you guys remember the game. The way it was, you know, even 15, 20 years ago, it's a lot different. And, uh, yeah, Reggie was right on top of that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great talking to those guys because they, they give you a different perspective. And I always like to hear what they think of today's game. And and uh, and they love the way that they love the talent today. And and uh, but they, sometimes they shake their head that it's just a, it's not the game that they played. And, and it, it's just right. interesting right. to talk to them about it. Hey, Sam, we want to throw another question at you. One of our viewers sent this, and we'll put it up on the screen real quick. Wondering how much longer before Cam York and Morgan Frost come up. Are they? Uh, how are they doing down in the farm, and are they getting ready to come? Yeah, Frost is doing very well. He's leading the team in assists, and, and uh, uh, if they need another center, um, you know, he would probably be the guy they call up. But I, I think Cam York uh, – because of the injury to Ellis, I mean, it all comes down to injuries, um, and and not the fact that York is playing better than Frost or vice versa. It's where the need arises, and I think right now Cam York is in a better spot to be called up. Uh, I talked to uh, Ian Laperrier, uh, I guess about two three weeks ago, to get an update on those guys. He, he was very happy with the way Cam York was starting to play. He's the first couple of games was a little tentative, but he he started to get more aggressive and. And uh, and, he, and he's picked that up, it seems like. So I would think that uh, I think they want to get him more experience. But let's just say a month from now, 
uh, let's say mid to late December. Would not be surprised if Cam York is here. And uh, that's not a knock on Nick Sealer. Nick Sealer's done a real good job. He's filled in. He's a veteran. He's given them some good physicality on the back end. Back end has played pretty well. But, uh, uh, you know, Cam York gives them another dimension and, uh, you know, gives them an offense, offensive player on the back end. And, and uh, I don't think they believe he's ready yet, but I think the time is, is coming and it could come shortly. A lot depends, of course, on Ellis's injury. Again, they have, they're being very mum on that. But if my guess is right, if they do wait until after the Olympics, then I think you're going to see Cam York uh, sooner rather than later. Sam, final thing for me, the holidays are coming up and Flyers fans might well be interested in Lou Nolan's book that you co-wrote. And in this one, that would be the Flyers Big 50. You and uh, Wayne Fish wrote this one. Still available? Still available. Go to Amazon.com and uh, they should be available. Your favorite uh, bookstore, Barnes & Noble. And if the easiest way probably is uh, uh, to go to Amazon.com or even to Triumph. It's triumphbooks.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, appreciate no appreciate the plug. Uh, Wayne and I had a lot of fun doing that, and then Lou Dolan and I uh, lose a character, and uh, we had a great time doing that as well. And and uh, yeah, I appreciate you mentioning it. And uh, good reading for the holidays. All right. Well, we are out of time, Sam. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, we all follow you on Inquire.com, and uh, appreciate your good work. Thank you. Have a great holiday, guys. Appreciate right, it. Sam, you too. Take care. See All ya. right. Okay, Chad, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time for you to start saving with all states pay as you go auto insurance. Yes, it is, Bill. You got that right. All states pay as you go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Once again, that number 610 430 0700 and you can start to save more now that you are driving less hi football fans this is Merrill Reese and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio it's good well Chet uh the Eagles are now four and six. You mentioned the P word, playoffs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're in a more favorable portion of the schedule coming up. At least they have it coming up. Uh, nice win in Denver on Sunday. Um, this wasn't the Lions. They went out there and and took care of a team that had just beat Dallas by nearly thirty points or twenty points by the time it was over. Uh, dominated the Cowboys. So uh, your take on Sunday's beat down in Denver. Great performance on Sunday. As you said, yeah, it wasn't the Lions this time. It was against a pretty decent team out in the Mile High City. Jalen Hurts had a phenomenal first half. Devontae Smith, two terrific touchdown receptions. I mean, the first one really highlight film material. The running game looked good for the third straight week, and even the defense and special teams made some big plays. Great to see. So, Bill, are you feeling better now about Hurts, Sirianni, and Gannon? Uh, well, the jury's out on Gannon. Let, let's not go there yet. Let's talk offense first. Uh, 
I, I think that Nick Sirianni has done a real nice job of he, – he found the running game now. You know, for whatever the reason, the, the RPO, every play that he was running early in the season – and I think it put so much pressure on Jalen Hurts, it made it very difficult for him to be successful. He's gotten away from that. He's now running more of a straight running game. Hurts is managing the game very well now. And all the all the world isn't on Jalen Hurts' shoulders like it was the first handful of games. And uh, he's doing a nice job. What's going to be really interesting now is to see what happens with Miles Sanders because he is back in practice. Uh, if all goes well in the next two days at practice, he will be activated and play. Sirianni says if he's healthy, he's going to start and you know play. So that means they have him, they have Boston Scott, and they have Jordan Howard. And Kenneth Gainwell, I would think, would be the odd man out there because you're not going to play four running backs. So that's, I mean, it's a nice dilemma, a nice thing to have a situation like that. But how do you see this playing out? Well, I think I think Sanders, you know, I've heard some rumblings, people rumbling about, you know, he's expendable. Uh, I disagree. And, and no disrespect to Howard and Scott, but Sanders is better than both of them, and he's going to gain more yards than both of them. Uh, he's faster. He's, he's more of the whole package than either one of those two guys. Uh, I think they just become even more dangerous with Miles Sanders in the lineup. And, of course, it's all happening up front. Uh, they got over those early season injuries. They're, they're certainly playing well as long as they can stay healthy. Good to have Lane Johnson back, uh, getting in game shape. Uh, they're moving the football, and they're coming out each week now wanting to smack you in the mouth, and that's, that's going to make Jalen Hurts better. And Dallas Goddard, we hope, will play this Sunday. He's still in concussion protocol, but word is he's feeling better. Said he didn't really have any symptoms yesterday, so that's great news because they can certainly use him because they're a little weak behind him now with Zach Ertz gone. They have, I guess, Jack Stoll and whoever else, but uh, they need Dallas Goddard in there, I think, this Sunday. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to guess the way that all happened on last Sunday that he's not going to play. I really? mean. Yeah, he just took a shot. He was wobbling around the field. That's usually not something that you back, you know, you, you recover real quick from. So we'll see. But uh, they certainly could use him. That's for sure. He's yeah, a, he's a valuable weapon. But let's talk defense. Oh, yeah, let's the defense. Let's talk defense. Uh, you know, Jonathan Gannon certainly adjusted things up in Denver. Uh, he got off of that soft, deep umbrella, uh, played much more – uh, physical up front and they uh or and, and in the defensive backfield and the defense responded you know i think they maybe they got i always say you know they always bounce back you're not as bad as you think you are when the when you lose and those guys are pros and they bounced back and uh i think they played really really well on sunday yeah, I agree. And I mean, even the linebackers made some plays. Davion Taylor, of course, I think two forced fumbles, including the one that Slay picked up and took to the house, which was great to see. And uh, by the way, thank you to Teddy Bridgewater on that for his little Matador <laughs> tackling effort or non-effort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was bizarre. Well, you know, uh, you talk about linebackers. I, I wrote this down because I found it interesting making some notes for this. Uh, Alex Singleton has 48 tackles, leading the team. The next closest is 31, uh, and that is T.J. Edwards and Avante Maddox with 31. Alex Singleton, is, he's making plays. You know, maybe they're down the field too far or whatever, but your, your middle linebacker is your leading tackler, as it should be. 
maybe maybe we got to watch Singleton a little bit closer and give him maybe a little bit more credit than he's been getting. Yeah, see, I didn't see him do a whole lot of noticeable things over the last couple of weeks. I think he got off to a good start this year. Uh, but yeah, I guess he is getting some tackles. And TJ Edwards looks like he may have some potential, so keep an eye on him. And Taylor, who we mentioned, uh, who apparently was banged up today. He's got some sort of a knee issue. He's actually uh, in a brace today, but I don't know if it's anything serious or just a little precautionary thing for a couple of days. But, you know, hopefully he's coming on, a young guy that they could use at linebacker. Yeah. Uh, I wanted, I did want to throw one more thing at you. How about Derek Barnett, <laughs> the penalty machine, uh, again? And actually, uh, on Sunday, I was listening to a lot of the game. I didn't get to see it until later. So I was listening to Merle and Mike. And uh, you know Merle. You've listened to him for, you know, 50 years. He is not usually very critical. Although he calls calls the game as he sees it, he's usually not very critical of individual players. Uh, he was not happy with Derek Barnett, and he's not happy with Derek Barnett's history of all these 15-yard penalties. He's just not happy about it. As you said, he is a penalty machine. Uh, I don't remember the specific play where he got the 15-yarder the this time, but I know a lot of people said it was kind of iffy, so maybe we'll give him – uh, you know, a little pet bit of a pass on that one. And hey, he did have a sack, so give him that. Well, that that Merle actually said that uh, he has more 15 yard penalties than he has sacks. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, Mer Merle and Mike weren't weren't big on uh, on Derek Barnett on Sunday. That's for sure. Hey, before we move along, since we were talking flyers, I'm gonna open up a uh, boop trivia thing because I have one that says flyers on it. Oh, and I got, okay. I got my flyers Snoopy shirt on. So, uh, oh, there you it's, go. it's only fitting there and I have no idea what's inside. I just know it's a boop trivia question and it's about the flyers and let's see what it is and see if you or I know the answer. Ooh, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know it. Maybe you do. Which flyer bill was the first American born player to record a hat trick in a Stanley cup final game. He's a flyer. Apparently, yeah. As a flyer. Um, I'm I'm going to go I'm John LeClaire. I'm going to go John LeClaire. Ooh. I, I have no answer. I can't even think. Yeah, I, I, that's the first one that comes to my mind. <laughs> wow. Isn't this fitting? Paul Holmgren, May 15th, 1980. Wow. <laughs> Who there knew? Paul Holmgren, yeah. Just went I, into the hall. I did not know that answer, and uh, timing is everything, but that's just a lucky coincidence, I guess. Wow, how about that? I, <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised Paul Holmgren scored a hat trick at any time. <laughs> he did have 31 year. Yeah, I, I just didn't, didn't uh, wasn't thinking hat, hat tricks, that's for sure. Hey, Schultz, he had two hat tricks a week apart one year. He did. That he did, <laughs> for sure. That was his 20-goal season, too. Yeah, he it was. Six, I remember it well. The week. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to talk about on the birds right at the moment? You're good. Anything else on the bird? Let me see what I got. The uh, Orleans Saints are, are coming to town. Yeah, we're going to talk about that when we make our picks, I think. But uh, why don't you give a shout-out to the EOP Network people? All right. Let's give a shout to... All the shows that are live on the Edge of Philly Sports Network, including this one, this episode being streamed live. Oh, there we are. Come Across on. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting the like button.
follow, subscribe button, and as always, share with your family and friends. In addition to this great show, check out our partners in Philly sports, including the Broad Street Bullies podcast. Jeff, Drew, and Doyle can be heard Monday mornings at 9 a.m. talking all things Flyers. Edge of Philly Sports Live tonight. Join Joe, Freddie, and Big Al as they cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. Watch live Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Birds IQ, Kyle and Eric Quinn are back. Catch them Thursday nights at 7 p.m. talking all things birds. And the Patterson Avenue Fanatics, every Saturday at 9 a.m., wake up and have breakfast with the gang. TK, Marks, James, Dave, Paul, Damon, get your Philly sports talk on. If you miss a show, no worries. Grab the podcast on all the major platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on all Philly sports by visiting eopsports.com with great articles and the weekly newsletter that comes out on Fridays at about 10 a.m. All you have to do is sign up and it will show up in your email. Check it out. And hey, Bill, I'm going to keep that graphic up there because uh, as you can see, our friends at the Edge of Philly Sports show have a special guest tonight uh, who knows everything about the New Orleans Saints, John Hendricks, who writes for Sports Illustrated and the Saints News Network. He's going to be joining them. So if you're watching or listening to us this evening live, uh, stick around and check out John Hendricks joining the EOP gang at 930 Eastern Time this evening how about that oh you mentioned something else bill you mentioned subscribing we are over 100 subscribers now which is nice but i want more i'm greedy i would like 200 so if you watch on our youtube channel please subscribe and even if you don't watch it on there give us a little you know plug or uh, hit a, that subscribe a, uh, button a, a thumbs up just give us thumbs, a thumbs up is always good yeah there you go and you know before we continue bill i'm gonna do this right now and throw off your schedule i'm gonna do this uh-oh here we go yeah, I like to I like to catch you off guard sometimes, Bill, with the bell and an occasional random chat segment. And I'm going to do that right now, and uh, we'll see what you have to say about all of this. Here's the deal. Um, Monday morning, I was at home. I had some free time before going into work, and I was looking through my various streaming services to see what was on. And as it turned out, I spotted this on one of the streaming services, Happy Gilmore the movie. And I realized that I had never actually seen the whole movie, which came out 25 years ago this year, incredibly. So I watched it. Now I can't say I'm a huge Adam Sandler fan. He's a little uh, too goofy sometimes for me, that whole, you know, man child thing, but there were a lot of laugh out loud moments, including one scene that, well, I had seen before when happy was paired with Bob Barker for a pro-am event. And uh, you may have seen it, you may not, but it was a pro-am event that didn't go all that well. Yes, it's silly, often over-the-top ridiculous, but all in all, a fun 95 minutes. And as an added bonus, uh, we had this. We had Julie Bowen, one of my favorites, a then 25-year-old Julie Bowen, who still today is a personal favorite of mine. So, uh, yeah, Happy Gilmore, if you haven't seen it, I'd say check it out. And by the way, it came in number 77 on the greatest <laughs> sports movies that uh, our pals Ray and Glenn put out a few years ago. Number 77, Happy Gilmore. Have you seen it, Bill? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It would be good to see the Flyers doing that to the Bruins this week when they play, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Uh, Flyers, as Sam said, have a lot of tough games uh, coming up. So, yeah, maybe a little rough stuff. What the hell? Yeah, who knew Who knew Bob Barker would be a tough guy? How about that? 
<laughs> Bob Barker is still with us now in his 90s, believe it or not. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And how about Vern Lundquist, one of my favorite <laughs> broadcasters? He also made a cameo in that as well. Yeah, and uh, Lee Trevino had several little cameo moments in the movie as well. So it was fun. I mean, didn't win any awards, certainly, but uh, it was a fun, like I said, hour and a half. So if you have an, a free hour and a half, check out Happy Gilmore. It's on chat. There you go. <laughs> All right. And and we're not surprised you like the girl. I love Julie Bowen. I mean, <laughs> from there, she went to Ed, the TV oh. series, and then, of course, Modern Family for like 12 years. So, yes, Julie Bowen, a personal favorite of mine. All right. Let's get back to football since you got, <laughs> got us distracted there. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's time to make our fearless NFC East predictions. Uh, how did we do this past week? I think we all took the Broncos, did we not? I believe so. Yeah. And we were all wrong, of course. So I'll tell you the pressure bill of being in the top spot has clearly gotten to me. I stunk <laughs> it up for a second straight week again, going just one and three. Meanwhile, you and Boop were both two and two. So things have really tightened up. In fact, Boop and I are now tied for the top spot at 24 and 17. You're just two back bill at 22 and 19. I told you, I told you I was coming. Took yeah. my one, my one chance. And, uh, Paid the price for it. Now I'm back. All right. Way. All right. Let's do it. I assume you have Boop's picks. He'll be up I first. I then do. you and then me. And we got here's what we have. Uh, Washington coming off a big win over Tampa Bay. They traveled to Carolina. Carolina's minus three and a half. The Cowboys visit the Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus two and a half. The Giants visit Tampa Bay on Monday night football. The Bucks are minus 11. And the Eagles host the New Orleans Saints, Eagles minus one. So let's get started. Who's Boop like? Washington at Carolina, Carolina minus three and a half. Boop says the win over the Bucks was an aberration. Ignore it and excited to be back. Cam Newton will help again and maybe have his way here. His pick is the Panthers. He says uh, five of Washington's last six games were decided by at least seven points, four of them double digits. He says take Carolina and lay some higher points than the three floating around. Maybe you win some money. Uh, I got to go with Carolina as well. Yeah, I'm going Carolina, and uh, Cam Newton is going to help that football team, and having Christian McCaffrey back certainly helps them. Uh, so I'm going Carolina with that one as well. How about yeah. Cowboys visit the Chiefs? Chiefs minus two and a half. This is an interesting game to me. Yeah, this is going to, I think, get a real good TV audience. I believe it's a Sunday night game. Kansas City has won 17 consecutive games in November and December, according to Boop, who says, make it 18. Now, the fact that he's a Chiefs fan, maybe judging, uh, you know, clouding his judgment a little bit, but he says, take the Chiefs. He also says the over does not always come in when the two teams are coming off 40-point games each, but it should here. So he says, take the over, whatever that number is. He likes the Chiefs, and so do I, although that could just be my heart talking because I just want to see the Cowboys lose one for a change. Yeah, me too. I'm going Chiefs. Uh, I want the Cowboys to lose, and, of course, I, I like Andy Reid. So, uh, I, you know, the Chiefs the Chiefs are a little bit of a mystery, though, this year. So I'm, I'm not, not real comfortable with this, but Chiefs at home, I'm going with them. I wouldn't bet on it, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City. Yep. Giants visit Tampa Bay. Monday night football, Tampa Bay got smoked uh, last week, um, Tom Brady did not play very well, which is odd, rare. Uh, what do you expect on Monday night? Uh, I think it's going to be an easy one for Tom and company. 
Boop says the last time Tom Brady lost more than two contests in a row was 2002. Since then, he is 11 and 0 in holding off a three game skid. So yeah, don't look for it to happen here. He says the Bucks win this one. Want to bet? Says Boop. Brady scoring himself. He has four touchdowns for Tampa Bay in a season and a half, all on the road, and he's going to get one in front of the home folks here, according to Boop. I don't know about that, but he definitely likes the Bucks, and so do I. Me too. Me too. Looks like we're all running the same yeah. track this time. Eagles host uh, the Saints. Eagles minus one. What do you make of that? Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a little worried about this one because it's at home, which you would think would be a good thing. The Eagles haven't won at home in ages. In fact, since they beat the Saints in early December of last year, <laughs> as it turned out. Uh, the good news for the Eagles, they're going against a team that's not playing great right now. Kamara is still a little bit banged up. Their quarterback, uh, what's his name, Semyon, he's not great. I mean, he's not all that mobile, which is a good thing for the Eagles, I would think. So let's see. Boop says the Birds have one win in Philadelphia since last Thanksgiving. There you go. And it was against New Orleans, as I pointed out, in December. Make it two, Boop says Eagles. See, I had to look at this beforehand. He says, I know Miles Sanders is practicing, but even if he plays, Jordan Howard is still going to get his 12-plus carries. Boop says, bet the over on attempts and or yards for Jordan Howard. How about that? Boop takes the Eagles, and, boy, I went back and forth on this one. I'm going to be a bit of a homer this time and say, yeah, Eagles win this one, 24-19. Well, I I had Eagles circled, too. Um been I've been going against them a good bit. Uh, I think they're playing better. Uh, and going back to what we said earlier about running the football and controlling the offensive line, uh, I think the defense has a chance to be pretty good against the this Saints offense. Um, I'm I'm going to go Eagles. And I and to be honest with you, when I first saw the line, I was a little surprised yeah. that the Eagles were favored. You know, even by just a point, I was a little surprised at that, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Eagles. I hate that we got all four of the same, though. Yeah, we do. But, hey, uh, at this point in the season, we're still picking just on base, you know, who we think is going to win. You know, there's time to juggle the predictions later in the season if you want to make up ground. But right now we're going with who we think is going to win, and hopefully we're all right on the Eagles this time. We Maybe. weren't last week when we picked against them. That's right. All right, let everyone know uh, where they can follow Boop and everything that he has going on, Chet. Well, you can get a lot of stuff on the website that Boop contributes to. That is bettersinsider.com. You spell betters, B-E-T-T-O-R-S, insider.com. All kinds of info there. And check out Boop's Twitter page. Um, That is at Boopstats, at Boopstats on Twitter. All right. Um, Great guest tonight in Sam Carcitti. So who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? And also... We have a schedule change lined up for next week for Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, believe it or not, Thanksgiving is fast approaching. It is eight days from uh, this very minute. A week from Thursday is Thanksgiving. So we're going to do our Tuesday because Wednesday is party night. So I'm going to maybe go out and have a good time Wednesday night. But it's not just for me. Not just for me that we're doing this. A lot of people are going to be out on Wednesday. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to be on next Tuesday. And among other things, we're going to talk Sixers basketball, Bill. And that's going to be with this guy. Come on. There he is. You know him. You love him. Inquirer beat writer. Another beat writer from the Inquirer. We had Sam Carcitti. Now we're going to have Keith Pompey. And just by coincidence, Bill, the Eagles and New York football giants will do battle the following Sunday. So we will, of course, ask Keith, that damn Giants fan, about that. We will have plenty to banter with (laughs) with Keith because he is certainly – and you got to like the guy – 
He certainly lets Eagles fans know about it when uh, something goes right for those midgets and something goes wrong for the birds. He's out in Salt Lake City, or at least he was last night and this morning, and he saw a stinker of a basketball game last night. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, Sixers still banged up. Uh, they're sick, everything. They're, they're trying to get back together. But we sat here last week saying that, you know, about talking moral victories and things like that. They've now lost five in a row, only 15 games into the season. Uh, concerned at all that they, they are going to have to get back and get back to full strength and how long it's going to take for that to happen? Mildly concerned. I mean, given the situation, they were without Tobias for a couple of games. Matisse Bible for a few. He is still out. Danny Green's been off and on. And particularly, of course, Joel Embiid for this whole stretch. So I'm not overly concerned, but... All these losses aren't good for them, of course, in terms of the standings. You know, they were 8-2, and two, and some people are saying, oh, they don't need you-know-who, number 25. Uh, I'm not saying they do, but they certainly need Joel Embiid back. There's a long way to go, and hopefully Embiid and Thibel will be back in action soon. It kind of concerns me that we haven't really heard anything in terms of, you know, how they're doing and their, an update on them and when they might be back. But they certainly need them because they're both – you know, not only contributors offensively, especially Embiid, their best player, but also their two best defensive players. So it is a concern. The team is right now on a tough road trip. They got clobbered by Utah on Tuesday night, and they're going to have a lot of ground to make up if and when, well, they will come back, but when those guys do come back and hopefully come back healthy. Yeah, I was going to ask you, and you already answered the question about Embiid, uh, you know, if he had COVID, obviously he should be back by now or should be very close. Uh, is this part of the knee recovery as well? Is this a maybe a little rest period to go tied together to the COVID and maybe yeah. get him healed up? It would just be speculation. I've heard nothing out of the Sixers on this or even any of the reporters. So I don't know if they're just keeping things really close to the vest or what, but I, I don't know what the situation is. Maybe they're just going to wait till this road trip is over and hopefully have these guys back next week. And then we're hearing you know other reports regarding – that number 25 fella that uh, there's a bit of a division in the Sixers front office as far as, you know, some want him to never ever play another game for the Sixers. Others would kind of like to see them make more of an effort to bring him back. So this could go on for quite a while. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you the same thing. I saw that as well uh, and see what you thought about that. I, um, I just don't see any way that it's possible that he can play here again. It's just, yeah. you know, the, the bridges are burnt. Um, you're killing this season and and have the team hanging. And and the team has responded by finding you $360,000 a game. Uh, you're obviously not happy either, but you can't expect to be paid if you're not working. So uh, it, it's just a mess. And, uh, you know, I think the sooner it comes to a close, the better. But with that said, you can't give in to them and not get value in return for them. So um, if it has to play out the way it is, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, and I don't know how it's going to play out. But, uh, yeah, th this road trip is not going very well. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, after this week when they do get back and hopefully get these guys back because th they're certainly a better team than what we've seen the last few games. But – I mean, these guys are just drained. Um, you know, they're not meant to play this many key minutes, and that goes from Drummond to, uh, you know, some of the other guys like Furkan Korkmaz, who looked great early in the season, and now he looks like he's tired already. 
Yeah. We'll see how it plays out. They need them back, and they need them sooner rather than later, at least to mm-hmm. get, uh, you know, let's just call it just to get back to half strength or, or yep. you know, three-quarter strength. They they need to get – can't keep losing, you know. You got it. These, these losses count as much now as they do at the end of the year. So, uh, hey, I, I did want to tell you before we get on to the Raz room, Chet, uh, next I, – I was going to tell you about this on Tuesday, but I'll tell you now because I'm excited, and even though it's uh, two weeks away or ten days away, I am going to the Iron Bowl. Alabama-Auburn. Ah. Bucket, bucket list game for me, and uh, – Got an opportunity to go, and me and Mike, my son, are going to go to – it's at Auburn this year. Alabama-Auburn, the Iron Bowl, which is a huge, huge game here in the South, and we are excited about it. And that's Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend, right? Yes, it is. Nice. Yeah, that'll be a whole lot of fun. I'm sure that'll be a great atmosphere. How good is Auburn this year? I don't even know. Well, they've got a handful of losses. I mean, they're ranked. They're ranked in the bottom of the the top 20, but uh, they've got three or four losses. Lost to Penn State early in the season. Oh, that's right. uh, Yeah, actually. But uh, Alabama is good. Yeah. But but you know what? It really doesn't matter when these two teams play. It's it's game on and anything can happen. And uh, it'll be just a really, really exciting atmosphere. So uh, looking forward to that. Bucket list. One to knock off the list. I look forward to your full report in two weeks. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people get a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line Razzes and give greater odds for you to win. Who doesn't like the win? Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And Chet, I told you last week that our pal Al Safiri won the Bobby Clark jersey. Yes. He bounced back and won a Bill Berge jersey as well. So Big Al is on fire. And uh, we'll see what happens next for Al. But uh, two, two nice pickups for him out of the Raz Room. Play the lottery, Al. Go for it. He is playing the lottery. <laughs> How about a parting shot for you? Anything tonight? You know, I didn't actually prepare anything, but I just saw this story today, and I found a picture, and I decided I'm going to kind of wing it. Last week, the Cowboys got their butts handed to them by the Broncos, who, you know, then went on to lose to the Eagles. And during the week, the the Cowboys weren't real happy, and uh, the coach apparently had trainers pass out to all of the players in the locker room some of uh, this stuff. Where is it? Let's see. Yeah, right here. Monkey butt powder, specifically anti-monkey butt powder, because they got their butts, you know, handed to them. They were, you know, a little sore from that by the Broncos. So this is an actual product, by the way, anti-monkey butt powder. And so uh, he kind of did it to make them feel a little bit embarrassed about their performance and maybe to inspire them. And they certainly did that. They whooped the Falcons on Sunday. Monkey butt powder, as it turns out, as I said, is a real product. And it's used by a lot of people who do a lot of stuff outside, like horseback riding or riding a motorcycle or even, uh, you know, just exercising outside. And, you know, you get the, the thighs. And, well, as it says here, uh, it soothes and relieves irritated skin. 
allowing men and women to continue with their favorite activities, including motorcycling, without having to worry about uncomfortable friction. And we're talking about, you can feel it in your nether regions, the butt, inner thighs, and yes, the male berries is what it says on this piece of paper. So uh, anti-monkey butt. Where do you come up with this stuff? I, I just saw this today and I said, interesting. <laughs> hey, uh, be, uh, a note just before uh, the show started, Zach Wheeler did not win. No. The National League Cy Young Award. Uh, I, I believe we didn't see the final vote, but it looked like he may have finished third, actually. I heard it was close, though, among the three of them. Corbin Burns, who won it, Scherzer and Zach Wheeler. I didn't see the numbers either, but I know it was close. Corbin Burns, didn't he used to be on L.A. Law? No, that was Corbin Benson. Never mind. One of those guys. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, what else? There was something else I was thinking. I lost track because we had an extra thing. Bryce Harper tomorrow through. night. Hopefully we'll get the MVP Bryce award. Harper tomorrow night. Dick Allen coming up the 1st of December. We're going to talk uh, more yes. about that next yes. week. So uh, we'll, we'll be covering that as well. And, and also, uh, I did not say this back at our All-State break, but I did talk to Dave Lavoy, uh, continuing to get better, uh, hoping to be with his family over Thanksgiving and uh, recovering Recovering well, but recovering slowly, but headed in the right direction as well. The other thing, Chad, I wanted to throw out, uh, tomorrow is National Pancreatic Cancer Day. It's Purple ah. Day, and uh, some of our listeners and followers uh, are battling that. And uh, so shout out to them. Wear your purple if you have it. It's National Pancreatic Cancer Day. And also our friend Fester. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Fester. He just uh, He's battling cancer as well. Just started his chemo radiation, the whole nine yards uh, over the last few days or week. And uh, that stuff's kicking his butt a little bit. So, Fester, we're thinking about you here at Philly Press Box Radio. Not his real name, by the way, but I like the name Fester. Fester. Well, if you see a picture of Fester, <laughs> you'll know why. why. <laughs> he'll call, he's called Fester. <laughs> Good yeah, old Fester. Get well soon, Fester. Hang All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? Uh, let's see. Uh, no. Oh, Penn State Rutgers this weekend. Are the Nittany Lions going to at least beat Rutgers? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. God, if they don't, it's going to be ugly. They better. Well, if if they don't, he will not survive. Not sure he's going to survive yeah. now. I know. That would he may, be that he may he may practice. run out to USC on the next uh, bicycle. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's uh, wrap it up. We'll thank tonight's special guest, Sam Carcitti, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House. Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Tuesday night, November 23rd at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Let's do the song. Come on.